To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 128. Opinionated Benchwarmers is back for a very special episode. We got so much to cover. I don't even want to stand in the way. I'm going to introduce the co-host, and let's get to it. Whoa, man. Wow, that was a different little intro, man. Uh, bro, let's do it. 128. 128. Let's do it, bro. We got some special stuff. I'm glad you were trying to find something to make out of that. You're trying to find some type of connection on that. Right. And nothing ever came. Out, nothing ever came. But yeah, man, I'm not gonna hold it either, man. We can go in and get back into it, man. It's been a little minute, man. Absolutely, man. We hadn't recorded. This will be the second time this year we've recorded, but that's because we saved it, saved the best for last. Of course, we got Super Sunday this weekend. Of course, we got a very, very special record that was broken. We'll get into that night. Um, we have a crazy NBA trade deadline, probably one of the craziest that I've can remember in recent history like you usually have one big fish and then and then that's it but this one you had pre pretty solid three good pieces moved uh this trade deadline and especially in the west trying to kind of you know jockey for position because the west is such a tight in the standings but um we'll start off with lebron we won't we won't slide him uh we'll talk about his legacy uh lebron finally finally is the all-time leading scorer of the nba um Breaking Kareem's record, uh, formerly was the record of points. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh sorry guys, I should have had this pulled up 38,387 points. Um, LeBron, uh, Thursday night was that Tuesday night, Tuesday night against the Thunder, uh, broke that record, ended the game with 38 points. He needed 36 that night to get it. It was very special. Denzel Washington in the building. Uh, Jay-Z in the building, just a, a lot of big names in the building, superstars waiting for the the one of the one of the greatest to ever play um to beat that record. And he finished he finished off uh as we record this, LeBron's currently sitting at 38,390 points, a record that most people who watch the NBA thought would never be broken. But uh we'll get in a little bit to the night until that night. And you know, also we we it's a lot going on in that game. So we'll talk about the Lakers side of things as fans as is what we observe and um uh, yeah man and, and talk about lebron's legacy man what, what do y'all think i i guess just first to chime in you know i kind of want to see what were y'all doing when um when the record was broken i was awake if y'all huh? trying to pull that off i was awake <laughs> i actually slept the first i slept the first first half i did fall asleep but i did wake up in time to see the last uh 16 points uh and i actually saw him actually in live 
time break down. <laughs> oh. Okay. Man, I was just checking look, for Y'all it. not going to do that. I'm on the East Coast. Los is almost on the West Coast, and you're in Central Time, so that's not fair. I mean, it's it's damn near what? Shoot. It's, it, I'm an hour ahead of you and two hours ahead of Los. Like, come on, man. Catch me a break. Uh, yeah, I mean, during that time, I, you know, I, I going into the game, I did not, you know, before I seen any of the media, anything, I didn't think he was going to break it that night. You know, I just thought it was an important game. I thought it was a game that was not going to be focused on him breaking the record because of where the Thunder are at in the standings and where the Lakers were at in the standings. Um, and so I did not think it. But then once I saw that things started rolling out about uh, how many media passes they got out to certain people. I seen the fit that LeBron James had on when he showed up to the game. Oh, um, when his yeah, when his, his his both of his sons showed up and his mom showed up, and you know, and all his ex coaches and you know, all these people showed up. Right, I was just like, oh, okay, I know what this is now. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like Kobe's last game when he played. Right, when he dropped sixty. You know, all the you know, everybody's showing up every time somebody touched else touched the ball, the crowd is screaming to throw it to LeBron. Everybody wants to see LeBron or Kobe, you know what I'm saying? That same idea I seen what it turned into. It turned into almost LeBron's show. Again, I didn't want to make that segment about that, but again, it, it, it was just it was just one of those nights he, where he trying to gain Bronny points back from Kobe after all that he was talking about. <laughs> right. recording, man. We don't want to hear it. We know it's no. side you go to. I mean, he he's still my goat. You know, but it's just one of those things where it's just like I wish it I wish it wasn't so so much of a forced game for him to break the record. Yeah, like you said, kind of going into it, seeing all that, you can already see the writing on the wall with it. I mean, I will kind of go into the significance, honestly, of of the game, of the accomplishment of what he's done in his career. You know, when you look at a guy like LeBron and people always talk about kind of that pass first mentality that you know, unselfish style of play um, and don't really think about him as a scorer first. Now, I do kind of think that's a little bit overhyped to not think about him so much as a scorer first, but people talk about the versatility of his game, basically. And you look at a guy that sits, you know, fourth all time uh, in assists in NBA history and to just see, you know, that type of guy be the one who is now sitting at the top of the charts as it pertains to scoring, um it's just amazing man it's an amazing feat it's one of those things to see a guy playing this late in his career still at that um top tier level and that premier level that he's playing it's something that you know cannot be understated uh at all you don't want to understate and, and gloss over the fact of what he's done people didn't really think you know i i know a lot of people probably didn't think that they would see kareem's mark be broken in their lifetime, you know, seeing him occupy that status for over 30 years uh, was really something that's tremendous. And so hats off to LeBron, man. It's a significant accomplishment. Yeah, significant accomplishment. Um, it, it says a lot about a guy that had as much hype as he did. Probably one of the most hype prospects uh, outside of, uh, I'm not going to butcher his name, but the guy out of France who's 7'2". Um, you know, the most hyped a prospect and had all of these accomplishments. And I think I've said it before. And um, you're looking at a LeBron who came out of high school and has exceeded every expectation that was ever set in front of him. Something we've never seen. Uh, a, a guy that epitomizes a great example of what every athlete wants to be um, as far as taking care of his body, uh, spending a million dollars in the offseason on his body, making sure he's good to go. 38 years old. 
and I don't know about you, but it doesn't look like LeBron is slowing down anytime soon. Um, it's playing at a high level at this late. Nobody's ever done. You could talk about the longevity, but um, I mean, just just a guy that, like you said, it, he's a pass first guy. Uh, I saw a rant um, uh, by JJ Reddick. You know, he looks at every opportunity to come up with some type of rant. Um, first take had a had a had a topic on that, and they said that is 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 LeBron the greatest scorer of all time? And I got what they were saying. They're not saying yeah, he he has the record, but when you think of LeBron, I don't think of him as a scorer first. I just don't. I think of him as a guy that know that probably is one of the smartest basketball moms, minds we've ever seen. Uh, probably one of the guys that that does make every literally everyone around him better. Um, it, it's just it's just unseen. Always makes always is a guy that's going to make the right play. Um, what it says about his legacy to me is that it just solidifies it, it. It really solidifies himself as on the Mount Rushmore basketball. He's one of the one of the greatest players we've ever seen touch basketball. Um, if if not, let Los tell it the greatest guy to ever touch ba- touch the basketball. And I'm not gonna argue with with anybody that feels that way, but I know to me he's definitely one of the greatest to ever touch the basketball. Um, I think it's a privilege to watch him play, and I think that we have to start um, really appreciating uh, what we're seeing because we may not see it again for a while. And you know, I was one of those guys coming up. I'm a Kobe guy. And I felt as though he his legacy was kind of expedited, and many people tried to compare him to Kobe too soon, and it it, it allowed it disallowed me to to sit and see how great this man is. But him being with the Lakers for the previous four seasons, I can without a doubt say I watch every, almost every Laker game. He is one of the great to ever do it, and um, I think for him to do this in front of his son, in front of his beautiful wife and his mother, I think that that that's what made it all all along special. The time he's taken out with his sons, um, I thought it was an awesome moment. It, it, I hadn't felt that way. It's ironic that you mentioned that, Los. I hadn't felt that way since since Kobe scored sixty two in his farewell game against the Jazz. So uh, it was a real special basketball moment. I think as fans, we all won there, no matter whose side you're on. Uh, shout out to Kareem, class act, and passing the torch on to LeBron. Even though it was funny watching the camera pan to him and him look pissed off. But we know that, you know how old people do, man. Old people, you know, they have resting, you know, what face. So I don't think it was that, you know. But I thought it said a lot that he was present for the moment. And uh, it just made me excited. And I have a hot take. I think that this probably would mark the moment that LeBron actually really, we can embrace him as a Laker. You know, even though he brought us a championship, I feel like this is one of those moments that it, it just felt so nostalgic to the to the Shaq days, to the Kobe days uh, of those glory days that we're so used to where everybody's just in the world and the NBA world is watching us, even though it wasn't much of a game. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I, I took too long on the legacy portion of it. But y'all can get into what y'all think this does for LeBron's legacy. First of all. I'm not gonna let you speed past your Mark Jackson saying part you just had there. <laughs> what I said? You said his beautiful wife, then you said and his mother and his son. <laughs> no. I just feel Mark Jackson up. I can't his talk beautiful about wife him. was there. Man, With all due respect, huh? With all due respect. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, everybody. <laughs> No, no, man. I, I think you. I mean, you really covered it from a legacy standpoint, man. You know, LeBron, a, as you stated, he's one of the greatest to ever play. Like you said too, I'm not in the point of really doing too much debating at this point. Like 
if you feel that LeBron is the greatest to ever play, he has a case for that. You know, if you don't feel yeah. that way, then, you know, side that way as well. You know, so I'm not one to that at this point. If, if I hear somebody say LeBron is the GOAT, I'm not going to have a passionate rebuttal to that. <laughs> you know, it's not like it was five, ten, five, yeah, eight, five it, to six years ago. It, it's not. But that I will way. say this. LeBron needs some more chips. And that's just that's just plain and simple. And not to With make it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as a Laker fan, I want to see him get more because I mean that my team gets more. But I will say that anybody that's able to minimize the impact of a chip is not. Like in, in the legacy, when you look at the top, Bill Russell, you look at Kareem, you look at Kobe, who people forget, you look at MJ, you know, you, you have to have some. I think he needs some more chips. If he gets another one, if he, if, if he ain't able to get two more, if he's able to get one more, I think that. You, you can't really debate it, but if he's able to get two more, I don't think you can hold him back any, any, any longer in my opinion. Yeah. But when you talk about the best NBA career and resumes of all time, man, I mean, he it's up there. It's yeah. up there. No, nah, it's 100% up there. And like you said, like we talked about earlier, just about the longevity and where he's going to sit ultimately in the record books. I mean, we know that he's the top scorer. We know that he sits, uh already top five and is actually sitting at four and assists and could potentially get up to three on that list and then you look at a guy as well too that you know i would venture i, I don't have it off the top of my head but i i want to say he was closing in with his top 15 top 10 or whatever in rebounds or something along those marks so you know just from a statistical standpoint uh statistically he will have the greatest career that we've ever seen in NBA history from a statistical standpoint no you absolutely. think that makes him the goat or whatever that's your prerogative that's your choice there's going to be some people that no matter what he does it won't change the, it won't be market. enough yeah, yeah it won't be enough so you know to each their own with that I you know what I just want to say this real quick and you guys let me finish this I really respect you guys' point of view on this because you guys could have easily came on this podcast today and been the old guy, get off my line. You know what? No matter what, you know, MJ is the GOAT. Kobe is the GOAT because of the eras. The era is different, you know, because I did hear certain takes out there, whether it was on Twitter, whether it was the media, that, you know, the it was a, a harder, it was a rougher type of, uh, you know, uh, time during that time when NJ came through and he still put up an average has had one of the highest average scorings and who knows if he never would have went to baseball and all types of excuses and different things but it was just you know I, I just want to take my hat off to y'all and respect to y'all to really having that mindset to really think that hey you know what this dude can be that I can respect that and see how somebody can feel that way that he can be their goal yeah and and to back to Ramon, currently LeBron thirty two in rebounds, but I mean, shoot, he he got at least two more. I could see him finishing top fifteen in rebounds for sure. But uh, yeah, to your point, Los, yeah, I mean, we at the end of the day, um, I, I love sports. I love the game of basketball. I'm passionate about it. Um, I I recognize the greats, and you know, regardless of my biases, I'm able to own up to my biases. Kobe Bryant is my goat. For, for for certain reasons, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it shoot, it's 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 you know, it's unequivocally like it, you know, when I watch him play, I see greatness. I love greatness. So um I don't know if you want to, you know, comment on that Ramon, but we, you know, 
Nah, I think we're good, man. I think we covered it. Hats off to LeBron for that accomplishment. Shout out to LeBron. Shout out to LB. It's a lot of games going on. Uh, a, a lot of things to talk about with that game. And I kind of wanted to talk about uh, Westbrook's uh, kind of mannerisms in that game. To me, he seemed kind of off. Uh, everybody else has on purple shooting shirts. He decides to wear white. Um, he he didn't seem too in tune with what was going on. Uh, it was a couple of times where he was missing LeBron on wide open layups and LeBron's trying to break this record. Uh, he, he ultimately played out of control like he always do, but it was heightened. But it almost seems like he was jealous of the moment, envious of the moment. Uh, I do realize he was going into a game where he was where there were trade rumors swirling around his head uh, when we were trying to when Kyrie, which we'll get to in a second, was on the market. But, you know, I, I can't I don't know with this guy. He's been on my team for two seasons and I'm happy that he's gone at this point. We'll get into in a moment. But at this point, you know, I don't know what Westbrook in his head it's like he's on in his own head or in his own world but I don't understand as a professional how you could behave the way he did on LeBron's night and he didn't seem like he was very that he was that congratulatory either yeah yeah I mean I think when you look at it ultimately it's kind of what you've talked about really the tenure with Russ that you know Russ ultimately hasn't really been a fit with the team and you know has had to take a back seat and I think that that has weighed on him over time you know, there are other reports that you were kind of mentioning that, you know, even the assistant coaches were saying that, you know, they couldn't get through to him with certain things that they would tell him one thing he would do the other. And so to specifically focus on that night, you know, I think that a lot of things have been building. You know, I, I think that there was a tweet. I think his brother was tweeting, you know, after LeBron's interview that he had with Michael Wilbon about what, you know, LeBron was saying in terms of Kyrie. And I mean, honestly, if you if you know the details of it, if you're saying that you wanted Kyrie Irving to be a Laker, which I have no problem with LeBron stating that, then basically you're saying, hey, Russell Westbrook, I want you out of here type of deal. Because anyone knows that in order for that trade to happen, if it would have happened, Russell Westbrook would have had to have been involved. And so I think when those kind of things happen, you know, people are going to talk. Russ, I'm sure, saw that. I know he talked to his family. I know his brother wasn't just throwing it out of thin air. I believe that there started to be some some bad blood there. I believe that his feelings were maybe, you know, kind of hurt a little bit or ruffled or anything like that. And so I do feel that he wasn't completely bought in um, at that night or hasn't been bought in for a while, which is what resulted in what you saw and even what happened on the sideline with he and Darvin Ham or in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. Like we talked uh, about offline, you know, even watching going back to the game as a Lakers fan, excuse me, going back to the Boston game when that game, we know the Lakers were just pretty much cheated the whole games from the refs. Frustrated where it should have been, games should have been done in, in, in regulation. The foul wasn't called. And, you know, LeBron visibly frustrated, towel over his head. You know, a lot of the players frustrated. Coaches, everybody just frustrated because we knew that game was taken away from us. We did everything that everybody played well. We even had Patrick Berry jumping out of the ceiling, catching dunks and finishing stuff. Stuff we ain't dunked since like, like two or three years from now. You know, that game was ours. And so, you know, and then going into the locker room, LeBron obviously visibly upset. And Russ is like laughing and talking to people. And he's been doing that a while. And like and that goes back to, you know, a month or so ago when they had this in the locker room talking, LeBron them saying, let's get greedy. Let's, let's go on the street. Let's just, you know, really try to set the mindset. And Russ stops and he says, let's just have fun, y'all. 
win, lose, or draw. Let's have fun. Like, what is this? Are we playing peewee football? Like, what? what is this? this? This is not a participation trophy type thing. Yes, have fun, but to throw on that part, win, lose, or draw, let's have fun. I'll tell you one thing. As a competitor and knowing the people that we watched growing up, the Kobe's, those type of players, losing is not fun. Nothing about losing is fun. Nothing about losing makes me smile. It's going to upset me. Like, I, I know he's trying to do this mental thing for himself. What I feel like he's trying to do this whole protect himself so he don't get frustrated. He tries to smile through it, you know, and try to show like, oh, I'm still having fun. You know, and really and truly, it's almost like that uh, meme where somebody's smiling and they're crying in the, on, the, uh, on the other side of it with the mask. That's exactly how I feel when he does that smiling stuff. It's like you are not that type of player. We know your competitive edge. Like, stop doing that. As a fan that invests three hours of my time sitting on the couch watching the game, it's just frustrating. Yeah, he was passionate about that one. I think right, Los just dropped the mic on us. Yeah, you, you brought it home, my brother. But, yeah, uh, yeah it, you know, whatever. We can move on from there. But that brings us to our next topic. It's been a crazy NBA deadline, guys. It's been crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's just jump into it. Uh, it's it's funny. It it has its up and down, but we have to start with the first card to fall. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets finally unloaded on Kyrie Irving, which we thought was going to happen because he wanted out and he ended up going to Dallas. And, you know, I think that it was a pretty good trade. I mean, they, they pretty much Dallas gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian, Finney Smith and a first round pick and multiple second round picks. And in return, they got Kyrie Irving. And I think they got Markeith Morris as well. Am I tripping on that? Yeah, Markeith yeah, Morris. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Luca and Kyrie are paired together, man. What what do y'all think? What do y'all think about that? What does that do for the Mavs? I, I think I say this every year. I think it's it's gonna be a fun team to watch, right? And they're gonna win their games here and there. But when you play playoff basketball, that type of one-on-one basketball does not win. I saw a stat somewhere that that uh, Luca was already leading the league with uh, one-on-one type uh, plays or possessions. Um, and then you add a Kyrie to that situation. You're going to, the game slows down in the playoffs. You're going to have teams that's going to scheme against you in the playoffs day in and day out every other night. I just don't see that. And as we've seen, they didn't do, make any other moves at the trade deadline. Um, None big that I didn't see. Um, and so they're really rolling with this team. I just don't see that one-on-one basketball winning them a championship. Now, they may win a, a playoff round. Don't get me wrong, because of how much talent is there. But to say that, hey, this team is going to win a championship, no. I think they're going to be fun to watch. And I think, you know, yeah, I think it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I guess before I get into, like, any basketball analysis with it, I guess I will say, did y'all see Mark Cuban quote when he was saying that now uh, they'll have the two best ball handlers because they already had the the, the first best. Yeah, I in, in Luka yeah. and and now Kyrie they got the second. I'm like, bro, bro what are you you talking are you about? have that all the way yeah. all the way wrong. You got that definitely mixed up. Kyrie is arguably the best ball handler we've ever seen ever in the league. seen to touch the basketball. Yeah. Like that's yeah. my personal opinion that he's the best ball handler we've ever seen. I think. Uh, 70 or 80% of real basketball <laughs> fans who watch the game and know the game would agree with you. Yeah. 
So I was like, Mark Cuban, uh, I don't know what you're getting at with that. Um, as Lowe said, I mean, I think that they will be, you know, a good team and, and a, a good team in a regular season. I think that postseason wise, like you could see them definitely they'll be a to me a conference semifinal type team. Could maybe sneak. I don't think they will, but could maybe sneak into the conference finals. But I don't buy them as a true uh, championship contender. Uh, I, I think that, you know, ultimately it's a it's definitely a risk for them to take and going and getting a guy with in Kyrie and hoping that you can keep him past this year because there's still talks that uh, he, he may not want to be there long term. But uh, ultimately, it, it's an interesting trade. Uh, absolutely. I agree with both you guys. I'm not going to hold you. Um, um, as far as what Kyrie did, I feel like he downgraded as a running mate. Cause I feel like Kevin Darren has the game where he can play with anybody. <laughs> He's just that special of a player and can adapt his game and so well-rounded. And now you go to a Luca. Well, you, you, you probably are going to have to take a step back. Honestly, you know, Luca has been used to being the guy. I don't see him changing. Uh, Luca's a big ego guy. We saw that in his past playoff series against the Suns. He has a lot of pride and Kyrie has a lot of pride too. So uh, it conventionally hasn't worked when Kyrie has had to, be co-stars when he was in Boston with Jason Tatum and Brown. And uh, when he moved over to, to Brooklyn, I thought he, he it worked because KD is no ego and he knows how to adapt to anybody's game. He can let you be you because his game is that adaptable. Um, so I, I don't think that it's going to work. Uh, I think he even, even with the Cleveland breakup with LeBron, I mean, at that time, if you recall, Kyrie was not happy taking the step back to LeBron, even though he was trying to get back with LeBron. Um, but you know, cause he's matured now, but I mean, it, it's interesting to see, I don't see that changing. So, um, at this point, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think Mark Cuban made a move. He went all in. I don't blame him. And, you know, I think he, that a lot of seats will be filled in Dallas and, you know, a lot of excitement in basketball will be in that city. And, um, and me, I, I mean, I'm going to enjoy watching it as a basketball fan, but like y'all say, I think, uh, they're on a fast paced track to nowhere. So, so uh, we'll get into another big piece, man. So uh, it, it's funny because I'm going to go in this timeline with it because of take you through my time. So the time frame, we, we ended up with D'Angelo Russell last night. I'm so excited. Um, let me get the details of that trade. So we traded D'Angelo Russell. And, uh, of course, we had to end up giving up Westbrook for him. Um, who else was a part of that deal? So, you know, Mike Conley, he ended up getting Conley, moved over to the yeah. Timberwolves. Uh, Nikhil yeah. Alexander-Walker got moved. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson and uh, Damian Jones also uh, were yeah. shipped out there of that deal. And, yep. So I go to bed with a smile in my, on my face, and then I wake up in the morning, scratch my eyes, check my phone like I normally do, and then I see Kevin Durant to the Suns. I'm like, bro, like – I already got to get up and go to work, but now, now I, I don't get me wrong. I love my job, but I'm just saying like, I'm already having to get up and go to work. And, and then I, I look at my phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to look at some highlights of the new players that we have. <laughs> and then I look on the, I look on my phone and Kevin Durant in the sun. I'm like, is this real? I was like, cause you know, Facebook be, they be having old fake sources. I let me go to Twitter. I saw Sham say it. I went to Sham's page and I saw it on Sham's page. Dog. Bro, I was like, why do like it's like it erased anything we ever did. Like Kevin Durant paired up with Devin Booker and, and CP3 
all three of those guys' basketball IQ are off the charts. I mentioned Kevin Durant can play with anybody. Chris Paul is the gel that's gonna is the glue that's gonna glue everything together. And Devin Booker is just an amazing player. Like, and they kept kept DeAndre Ayton as and well. And they kept Ayton, who just was, was a monster. Had like twenty eight and thirteen of the night. Man, it, it's just amazing. Um, I love what the new Suns owner did. Uh, he put all his chips in front of the table. He did what he had to do. And I, I'm I'm saying it now. I got a horse in the race. I love my Lakers, but I don't see how you beat them in a seven game series. I don't care who you are. I mean, I think that's good. Um, it's just it's my angle from that. You know, you kind of broke it down how it all went for you. My angle from that is when I instantly saw it, I got upset. You know, I got instantly upset because of the whole Kyrie situation. When reports came out about Kyrie being traded, it was, okay, cool. We're going to build around KD, right? And then it was, we don't, we're not looking for picks. We're not really looking for young players. We're not, we're trying to build around KD. Then we go back and talk. uh, Then we go back and then we talk with this trade, right? They're clearly building for the future. I don't know if something happened in those few days after after Kyrie got traded or just quite frankly, they just didn't want to trade with the Lakers. And it was clear as day because the Lakers sending two unprotected picks was better than them getting vet players going to play on that Brooklyn team, you know, and and they got one pick in that situation. And I think a couple seconds or something like that. So it just didn't make sense. It's just one of those things where they wanted to stick it to Kyrie and they wanted to make sure the Lakers didn't get them. And it's just frustrating when those type of situations happen where you do those bad dealings. But, again, it's going to all come full circle. Yeah, and the thing about it, ultimately, to me as a team, as a franchise, I don't think it's going to go to this point. But you can get in trouble for that kind of stuff because they were technically negotiating in bad faith. And in the league, that's not something that you're supposed to technically do. So if you were negotiating with the Lakers and you never had any thought process that you were ever going to really make a deal with them, that's negotiating in bad faith. And so that's something that should be looked into. And then ultimately, as you were stating, they they weren't surprised about what they did. We know what happened in the offseason when things first started shuffling about Kyrie. We know KD, he got ahead of it. He made his trade request. So the writing was on the wall. If Kyrie was out of there, we've known for a while that KD is out of there. And that was going to shortly follow that. So to me, if you were moving Kyrie, you knew that you were probably going to end up moving KD as well. So like you said, all of it was just to stick it to Kyrie and to not deal with the Lakers. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I kind of had that same reaction when I woke up, uh, <laughs> especially just like you said, Rob, like I scrolled and looked at my notifications and I saw several of them mentioning like KD traded to the Suns. And that just kind of didn't get my day started off on the right foot uh, at all. But like you said, Air Force, I think they're the favorite at this point. Definitely to me easily in the West. And I think the favorite to win it all for the league. So it's going to be yeah. tough to match up with. 100 percent i mean it's gonna be tough man uh it's gonna be tough they're gonna be fun to watch though <laughs> they'll be fun to watch but um let's let's get to back to our lakers man that's the main point uh rewind you know i want to laugh a little bit but we, we look at a big trade that happened and you look at what the lakers did in in in, in gaining uh d'angelo russell we raised d'angelo russell and um he was a young buck when he came through uh, we drafted him with the number two pick uh in the 2015 draft yeah. Um, and you know, now, you know, he, he's grown up, 
He's tatted up. He looks a little different, looks a little older, and he's a bad man offensively. And I think he's a good fit with LeBron and AD. No, I think 100%. He's definitely a good fit. You even look at it, you know, from a shooting dynamic, that was one of the biggest issues, obviously, for this team. And you look at him shooting, you know, 39% from three. So basically a 40% three-point shooter. Uh, I think I saw some stats earlier that saying he's shooting the the league's second best percentage from mid-range at 51.1%, seventh best on layups. So he's finishing well. And he's basically just playing, you know, well at every level and every spot on the floor right now at this point. So I think that it's definitely a great pickup. Uh, it's the to me the type of point guard that can thrive and and uh, gel with LeBron because D'Angelo Russell can play off ball when LeBron needs to create. He also can take some of that playmaking, um, you know, off of LeBron's shoulder at times too. So you know, ultimately, I think it was a great deal, especially sliding in Malik Beasley as well. Uh, with that, his shooting. Um, Very underrated. Shooting. Very yep. underrated. His shooting. Uh, only thing is, uh, it's going to be kind of interesting in that locker room uh, between Malik Beasley and uh, and, and Scottie Pippen Jr. I won't go into too much detail on that, but there's some <laughs> history with uh, with some family members. That's all I'll really share in regards to that. You can go in <laughs> and search that yourself. You can go and Google that and find what's going on. But I think ultimately it was a good move for the Lakers. Yeah, well, I mean, y'all covered it, man. So that's about it for me. Yes, sir. So we get to the moment, the moment that the listeners have all been waiting for. We got Super Bowl Sunday coming up. We got the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles, man. I am so excited for this game. Uh, I think it's multiple stories. We'll we'll touch on it a bit. I think that one storyline that I'm interested in is, is, is Mahomes. He's had such an ascension so early in his career, already has a, a Super Bowl win, already has a Super Bowl MVP, already has a regular season NFL MVP. I mean, the guy it has a lot on the line. Uh, you got Kansas City. Uh, you got um, Philadelphia, a one-and-a-half-point favorites as it sits, as we record today, uh, against the Kansas City Chief, man. I want to get into it, man. What are y'all looking for most about this game Sunday? Uh, I just want to see how Patty is moving around. Um, you know, obviously the big talk is his high ankle sprain going into this game, which is an injury that usually takes about three to four, three to, to six weeks to heal. You know, it's really been like two and a half weeks since that injury occurred. Uh, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks since that injury occurred. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he moves around. I mean, he did enough to get the win. Obviously, in the division, I mean, in the uh, AFC championship week. So it'll be interesting to see how he moves around, if he can be himself. Because if he can be himself, this will be a game. Otherwise, I know I've been saying Chiefs all year since Von Miller went down. But if he's not himself, I got the Eagles running it down their throat all game. Yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, too, is what that supporting cast to me looks like as well. Like, you saw from the Chiefs' standpoint, they were kind of dropping like flies as far as Juju, um, you know, went down. I think MBS went down for some time, um, you know. And so it was several of the weapons that really in the last game, he got down to his, you know, fourth and fifth true targets. And so um, I think it's going to be interesting from that standpoint as well, too, of what do, you know, his supporting weapons, how healthy are they? Uh, ultimately, I look at this game, too, and look at, to me, 
from the Eagles standpoint, you know, how strong their defense has been specifically how they've been really strong in the trenches really on both sides of the ball. And so I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of that battle in the trenches uh, for this game uh, right now, without saying, I guess, particular score right now, I'm kind of leaning towards the Eagles particularly taking it. But, you know, if like Lowe said, if Mahomes, if that ankle is looking pretty good, you can never put anything past him. You talked about his resume. You talked about all the accolades, he is kind of that difference maker. So if anybody can get it done, um, it is a Patrick Mahomes. But uh, so far right now, I'm kind of leaning Eagles a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know here. Uh, I, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think the Eagles defense is tough enough to hang with it. I think that's going to be a fair, extremely close game. But uh, I, I, I got to go with Mahomes here. I think he adds on to his legacy. I, I think that um, – I think we got to start talking about him as, as one of the greats after, if he was able to pull this off and get a Super Bowl MVP on one ankle uh, like he does. Uh, with that being said, my heart is with uh, Jalen Hurts. How can you root against that guy and everything he's been through with college being benched on national TV, on a national stage, in the national championship with NBA? Uh, I'm sorry, with, in the uh, NCAA championship game uh, to tour when they were teammates going through a whole season being benched then transferring to Oklahoma, becoming a Heisman guy. Um, I mean, what can you? What else can you say about the guy? Uh, I mean, you're, I'm deep down, I'm rooting for him. This is the first Super Bowl where I don't care care either way. But uh, on paper, for my pick, uh, official OB pick, I'm gonna go uh, Chiefs here. Yeah, I, I think you said a key thing too as well. Like, I, honestly, going into this game, I don't have a big preference. Like, I'm literally not gonna be sitting back. And, you know, I guess have kind of any stress or really big time rooting interest. Like these are honestly two teams I don't have a major issue with. I, of course, wanted to see the Bengals get to the Super Bowl and see the Bengals win it all. Uh, But then when you talk about, as you were mentioning before, the significance of this game and thinking about the two quarterbacks, uh, this being the first time that we've had two black quarterbacks uh, start a Super Bowl together. And so. I think that it's just so many different layers, so many different things that are to it that I'm just going to be able to sit back, enjoy the game for what it is, and and, and pretty much that, you know. So I yeah. don't know if you got any major plans or, you know, I don't know if you get nah, some wings, nah, cooking anything. Or... Yeah, I do some Rotel, you know, and try to – we might do some wings or something like that. But, yeah, I stay out the way, man. Yeah, I, in big games like this, I honestly like watching it at home because I like to hear the commentators. I, 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 you know, if I'm not at the game physically, you know, I, I don't – I, you know, I don't really like watching big games at a bar or something like that. You know, I think that's for people that like to socialize. I like to – evaluate so I can come here on OB and give my takes. You know what I'm saying? I got to know what's going on. But, uh, you know, you mentioned the Bengals, and I I don't think we plan on talking about this, but um, I think that Joe Burrow, to me, is 1A to Patrick Mahomes at this point in his career. Um, I think that he – I think that Patrick Mahomes has this specialness about himself ability wise that I don't I think we've ever seen just with his throwing angles but Joe Burrow as a pure passer his IQ his accuracy his toughness you know I, I think that he has really kind of in this playoff run I think that I really kind of I'm ready to put him there I'm ready to put him in I'm ready to put him past Josh Allen yeah no I, I agree 100 for the number two quarterback 
I, I agree 100%. I do think he's number two. You know, I think that when kind of getting down to what you were saying, I think the effectiveness is virtually kind of even between the two. Like Joe is as effective as a quarterback as any QB that's in the league. I think Patrick Mahomes, he has the flair with it. Like he has yeah. the kind of the the highlight. Yeah. yeah, so it's just, it, it's that kind of little extra deal that he has there. But as far as just pure effectiveness, Joe is as effective a QB as anyone in the league. And uh, just like he said, and he truly meant it, like their window to contend is his career. <laughs> it wasn't people <laughs> wanting even from last year. They got to the Super Bowl. Okay, can they get back or what's going to happen? He say, no, our window is my career. So, and I truly believe that. I believe that too. And I think the Bengals, they got to they gotta get that line straight, man. They I don't know why they want to keep risking it every year like they need to invest in that line get him protected you know i mean joe is a tough guy really really tough he's taking some brutal he took some brutal hits in that afc championship game and they still could have won they still literally should have won that game um but i I think they have to get him some protection there man i I don't know what they're gonna have to do but i think that he's worth it and protecting their investment. Um, he does. I know he hates the comparison, but he does remind me a lot of Tom Brady. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It just not, you know, unathletic, just I'm not gonna say he's unathletic. Yeah, yeah I don't know because Joe's sneaky. Yeah, but he, he, but, he, he but he but he slowed down since the knee injury, though. He's yep. not taking off like he was at LSU, but yep. or since the knee injury, but they gotta get him protected. I don't know how many of those hits he's gonna have. You know, they really shorten his career by a few years if if they don't plan on padding up that line yeah no 100 i agree there i will say they have to build more depth on the line because they had they were doing fine you know until kind of the injuries hit them the injury bug i think they had probably three of their starters that were actually out uh for that afc championship game and so uh they have to build depth along the line um and i mean they pretty much they got pretty much everything else that they need at this point. And honestly, in looking at that game, I really feel, I hate to say things come down to officiating, but I honestly felt that if officiating was a little bit better, that we probably would be seeing the Bengals in the Super Bowl right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the referees were atrocious. Um, I think those were two of the, the worst referee crews in both championship conference championship games but uh we'll we'll flip back to super bowl um we're gonna go ahead and and wrap up by giving our final predictions on the score here Uh, we gave our winning total but we're gonna we're gonna give it a score um if you want me to go first i will uh yeah yeah you can go first all right um so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 34 31 34 31 uh Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh my score was somewhat similar, kind of close ballpark, but um I'm going 31-24 Philadelphia Eagles. I think okay. the Eagles will get it done. All right, man. Well, I think we did it again. We squeezed a lot into a little bit. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening to this point and hanging out with us. Uh, we're gonna get on out of here. We hope that you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. It is a holiday USA wide. Enjoy some wings, enjoy your family and friends, enjoy whatever you plan to do. Be safe out there and enjoy the game. Uh, thanks for catching us. You can catch us on social media or underscore bench warmers, Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, that's opinionated bench warmers on Stitcher, Apple Music, 
I mean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Um, we'll come back and give you the recap of the Super Bowl and analysis that we have in offseason coverage of the NFL. Um, but until next time, we out of here. Later.